to us. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Winkfield, and on today's show, it's right back to the 2022 season preview, but back to being exclusively Miami Dolphins on this, our next largest room after the offensive line room, the linebackers inside and outside. We'll hear from Coach Campanelli and talk about new addition and OLB coach Ty McKenzie. We'll also hear from GM Chris Greer on the Dolphins linebacker room and approach this offseason, including their first pick in the third round, Channing Tindall, this April. And we'll break down the group as a whole, as well as the individual analysis of stats, film, and a heck of a lot more from somewhere in central Washington. This is the Drive Time Podcast. Pick it right back up here after the D-Line podcast on the previous edition of the Drive Time podcast with the second level of the defense in the linebacker group and some changes to the group this year. Some nice additions starting off with veteran Melvin Ingram coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs and Pittsburgh Steelers last year. You also wind up with Channing Tindall in the third round of the Georgia defense who you know, with Quay Walker and Nicobe Dean and Channing Tindall all going off the board in the first three rounds. A lot of folks talking about which one might have the most upside, which one might be the best player, all that fun stuff, all really good players, but there are some votes for Tindall in that group. Also in the draft, Cameron Good from Cal in the seventh round. Followed that with a UDFA and DeAndre Johnson out of the University of Miami, and then a signing over the summer, or I should say, was it late spring? Either way, Porter Gusson, formerly of the Cleveland Browns and USC Trojans. The departures, Vince Beagle went to the Baltimore Ravens and Winton McManus, a late season addition, wound up with the CFL this offseason. Also, the incumbents in the room, Jalen Phillips, Darius Hodge, Andrew Van Ginkle, Duke Riley, Sam Egwavon, Calvin Munson, Alandon Roberts, Jerome Baker, and Brennan Scarlett. So once again, this room features a lot of guys coming back and a lot of continuity in this linebacker room, including linebackers coach, Coach Anthony Campanelli. And much like the three Michigan Wolverine linebackers that he coached back in 2019, he made the jump to the National Football League in the professional ranks. And no linebacker room in the NFL has generated more quarterback pressures than the 228 compiled by Miami since 2020, the same year of Campanelli's arrival. And if you isolate strictly off-ball linebackers, a PFF distinction between edge, off-ball, often referred to as inside linebackers, I suppose. The Dolphins' 95 QB pressures from that group is second only to Tampa Bay. And we'll hear Coach Campanella here in just one second talking about how this linebacker room and defense wants to play. And I talked about this also on the D-Line podcast, about the names in versus the names out and the continuity of the defense. It really is remarkable. So Coach Campanelli talked about that continuity a little bit in a May 11th press conference this offseason but he also talked about getting a Landon Roberts back, about having Baker in the middle of the defense, the value of that leadership of those leaders and how it benefits the defense and the way they want to play. Here's Coach Campanelli. I think that's, I kind of made mention of that just a few seconds ago, but honestly, um, having guys who know this system, um, know the way we want to play, um, and especially a guy like a Landon who has those type of leadership qualities, um, 
I think he gives us an opportunity to take a step, you know, from where we left off, and that's what I'm probably most excited about. I think that's what we're all most excited about, um, the continuity, the opportunity to do things again. Um, and I think any time you do things uh, over a period of time, the more reps you get at it, the better you're going to get, and hopefully that's what we see this year. Um, and in this offseason, I think they've done a tremendous job, um, even in the, you know, the days where we've been out here, been able to be together. Uh, really working technique and kind of excelling and, and developing from where we were uh, at the end of the year last year in January to where we are right now. I'm I'm pleased with that. You know, they've been working. These guys have been working tremendously hard. Just a great group of guys, and uh, I'm excited about where we can go. And when I talked to Coach Campanelli about Channing Tindall's acquisition in the draft and how he can kind of maximize his skill set. He just talked about the reps and the seasoning. And so I followed up and said, well, you have plenty of guys in the room that kind of, you know, can help show him along as far as that conduit on the field of the coaching staff and having that on-field player that can really help him get accelerated in that way. And coach talked about how he couldn't think of a better room of guys that can really help uh, Tyndall become a, go from a college player to a pro player and, and be effective hopefully sooner rather than later. And just looking at the coaching position, we have a new addition there as well, outside linebackers coach, uh, former player, former linebacker of the Patriots, Bucks, and Vikings, Tyrone McKenzie. After a four-year career that was spent largely on special teams, he joined the Rams special team staff in a year where they produced three All-Pros with their punter, kicker, and return man. And then following that stop, he coached linebackers with the Titans, where Sean Evans and Jalen Brown had big steps forward in their careers there, as well as the Detroit Lions for a year, and then also was with the Colts last season and this group at a glance you heard coach talk about there what they ask of this position group right inside outside on ball off ball moving all over the formation whatever you want to call it playing linebacker for the Dolphins requires a lot like versatility two-way players guys can go forward and backwards in addition to pursuit outside as well obviously run defense coverage pass rush these players they have to do it all and at the head of it all is Jerome Baker, whose vast skill set shines, absolutely shines in this defense. I had Channing Crowder on a podcast, I think back in the off season of 2020, might have been before the pandemic even. And he was talking a lot about how much Jerome Baker does in this defense. It doesn't go, goes a little bit unseen to the casual fan. It was a great conversation. You want to go back and check that out from, I think it was March, 2020, but you have to locate 55 on every snap, kind of like a game of where's Waldo. I mean, only one player on this Dolphins defense, Xavier Howard has played more defensive snaps for Miami these last two seasons than Jerome Baker. And he plays special teams too quite a bit. And he's missed only one game as a pro since getting drafted in the third round by the Dolphins back in 2018. And the reason I give you a background on Baker is I think that his skill set and versatility kind of exemplifies what Coach Campanelli talked about there in terms of guys that can just do everything and really be a vocal and tone-setting uh, by example type of player on that defense because his speed, his explosiveness, the quick angles of the quarterback is such a critical element to the Dolphins multiple defense, the situational rushers and special teams aces that can give Jerome Baker a breath here and there when he does come off the field. Rarely these last couple of seasons, guys like Sam Egwavon and Duke Riley who have been so good and excelled in their roles on special teams and on defense here with the Dolphins, not to mention they all pair well with a Landon Roberts who sets that tone of physicality and breaks through the line on occasion as a pass rusher as is in his own right, but also has the 14 tackles for loss since joining the Dolphins too, so he kind of has that thumping downhill mentality. Then you've, you sprinkle in rookie Channing Tindall who adds another layer of rare speed, athletic ability, 
and thump to an already deep, intriguing group. And then flanking that core group is a deep cast of outside linebackers, or I should say linebackers who I, I suppose primarily play off the edge because all these guys can play so many positions and spots that it's hard to really quantify. We'll just go exactly with linebacker. And these guys also specialize in a variety of skills, strengths, and statistical accumulation over the last couple of years. Jalen Phillips set a Dolphins rookie record with eight and a half sacks last year, despite in his own words, just scratching the surface on what he believes he can do because he thinks he wants to be a more well-rounded, more polished, more prepared player uh, in his second year in terms of just knowing what to expect as an NFL player. I think he's more than capable of handling all that. Another fifth-round find of Chris Greer and Andrew Van Ginkle enjoyed a breakout campaign, finishing second on the team with 45 QB pressures. Then you go out and get new linebacker Melvin Ingram, just another Dolphins acquisition that adds experience and a veteran with a penchant for serving as that same thing we talked about with Landon Roberts, that on-field conduit of the coaching staff, and he can still, by the way, flat-out dominate the run and pass game by the numbers, which we will explore in his individual portion of this podcast. It's difficult to find a front seven in the league with a better pairing of skills with regards to the system, the front matching the linebackers' abilities, and how it all comes together for a defense that has finished in the top 10 in takeaways, sacks, QB hits, and pressures each of the last two seasons and allows an average of 21.5 points per game over those 33 games. Before we meet the entire room, Chris Greer was asked on draft night, April 29th, about the selection of Channing Tindall and the makeup of the linebacker room as the Dolphins were able to retain Roberts and Riley and then go, and, and Eguan, I should say, and then go add to the room with Tindall. Here's Chris Greer. You know, when we decided to, you know, sign the inside linebacker groups and then bring uh, guys back like, you know, Duke and uh, E-Rob, et cetera. Um, it was because those guys are good players. Um, they know our system. Um, and we know what they are on and off the field and how they contribute to this team. So uh, we were excited to have, add them back. And then uh, in terms of, of Channing, uh, he was a player that we had been targeting throughout the process. We met with him in Indy. Um, and really enjoyed our time with them, brought them down here on a 30 visit, spending a lot of time with them here as well. And, um, and just for us, it's the versatility, uh, the speed is what we like. You know, he can play, he has the ability to play all three downs and play special teams as well. And, uh, and talking to Kirby uh, Smart um, the other day again about him, um, he was just talking about what tremendous, uh, the speed and toughness and, and the character of the kid and how Kirby really loves and thinks he's going to be a really good uh, player in the NFL. So uh, we were really excited to get him. We were kind of holding on, hoping he would be there. And uh, we tried to move up a couple times to um, make a move. And uh, those things were um, <laughs> uh, people wanted to make their picks. So um, it was a long wait for us, long day, you know, not pick until 1120 or whatever it was <laughs> on day two. So it's been a long couple days. Haven't been used to that. I love when we get some of that behind-the-scenes detail of draft night and how the process plays out there from Chris Greer. You also heard him hit on that buzzword talking about continuity in the room. Uh, so good stuff there from the GM and the Dolphins linebackers coach and Anthony Campanelli, as well as Tyrone McKenzie. Real quick, though, before we get to the cast, a big congrats to Mike Greer, Chris Greer's brother. He's the new general manager of the San Jose Sharks in the NHL, the first black GM in the NHL's history. Absolutely awesome. And I kept thinking about this when the news broke last week, the discussion over the more impressive creature, right? Because like the shark has the big teeth and the ability to rip you to shreds, but a dolphin is like the smartest animal 
maybe besides, you know, monkeys, I guess, out there. That debate might take center stage at the Greer family Thanksgiving dinner table this year, uh, Sharks versus Dolphins. So, all right, back to football. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Let's get into this cast of players here, and it starts in order of jersey number with number 15, Jalen Phillips. The eight and a half times that he dumped the opposing quarterback gets the headlines, but to me it was the improved marks in efficiency and just the overall potential that he flashed in terms of the tape last year that I think that should really excite Dolphins Nation because he amassed the second most sacks by a rookie in 2021 behind Micah Parsons and defensive player or defensive rookie of the year. Could have been Depoy too. And 39 total QB pressures on just 402 pass rush reps. That's good for a pressure every 10.3 snaps. You play give or take 30 pass rushes per game. That's three pressures per game. Do that 17 times. I was better with 16, 48, like 51 total QB pressures. That would be a great number every year. That's right where he was as a rookie before he even can take that second year jump, hopefully. But his multifaceted skill set and penchant for adding his in-game pass rush plan to counter what his opponent throws at him, I think really showcases the upside of Phillips' game that made him the 18th overall pick in that draft. The aspect of pairing that with the physical skills, which we know are are abundant with this player. If those two things come together, you can watch out because his speed to power move is positively lethal. His long arm to win the edge as a rusher, but also hold outside contain against the run. I mean, 16 run stops on 153 rundown snaps. And I think you see the crossover between run defense and pass rushing for Phillips and just the technique and the form and the ability to win different types of looks against different types of players that makes him special. It's just a display on that long arm move of the rare combination of, I said upper body strength in my notes here, but really it's full body strength, but also the ability to stay on balance because you're holding off a 320 pound man with one arm and trying to keep your eyes in the backfield. It's not an easy task. It is not for the faint of heart. He does a good job of that. He's long, a determined worker, athletic as hell. I mean, was that not evident by his 9.87 relative athletic scorecard at his UM Pro Day workout back in the pre-draft process in 2021, which by the way, ranked 19th all time among 1,371 defensive ends, which is how they had him listed in RAS. He played more D-end at at college, plays that outside linebacker role for the Dolphins here. And that dates back to 1987, my birth year. Crazy, crazy athletic. He drew double teams, even triple teams at times during his rookie season. And finally, he fits right in with the Dolphins' way in that he can condense inside and help rush from there. He can execute rush games and help free up space for his teammates. Sub-package versatility, all that fun stuff. I can't wait to watch Jalen Phillips this second season. Let's go ahead and take our first break here right around the 15-minute mark. We'll come back on the other side and get to the rest of this Dolphins linebacker room. And I'll tell you about your boy's new hobby. have something I'm really into right now. That's coming up here next on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. 
Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard. But All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Picking it back up here on the linebacker preview edition of the Drive Time Podcast. We have done the entire offense and defensive line so far. We have the secondary and specialist as well as three more divisions to preview the AFC North, South, and East. We don't have a a division preview on this episode because there are 14 linebackers in this room. Too many to do both with. And we pick it back up here with number 41, Darius Hodge, who came into the league in 2021 as a UDFA to the Cincinnati Bengals. And his season, he ended the season last year, I should say, with the Dolphins. He's played just six career snaps, but his athletic ability was on display at his combine workout. It's going to be a theme in this room, in which he jumped a 38 and a half inch vert, 10-7 on the broad, and he also clocked a 4-6-7 40-yard dash at 248 pounds, no less. Another one of these guys can cruise and can hit and is physical, all that fun stuff. Number 43, Andrew Van Ginkle. His career has been one of constant upward trajectory, and I loved his game out of Wisconsin. His 27, was it it 2017 or 2018 tape at Wisconsin was so much fun to watch. That pick six he had in the Big Ten Championship game was so indicative of his spatial awareness, his ability to play forward, backwards, all that good stuff. And he was placed on IR ahead of the 2019 season after he had a stellar rookie camp, or I should say training camp as a rookie, but then he returned down the stretch to produce against the run in coverage and as a pass rusher in that rookie season. Then, late in 2020, after some spot duty and good situational pass rush ability from Andrew Van Ginkle, he saw more opportunities down the stretch, finishing the final two games with seven quarterback pressures, seven run stops, and two sacks. That's absurd production, and it carried over right into 2021, where he enjoyed a breakout season, finishing second on the team with 45 QB pressures. He was third in run stops with 26, which also led all Dolphins linebackers. He was behind only the two guys in the middle, Wilkins and Seeler. And his instincts, Ginkles, Van Ginkles, I keep writing Ginkle, uh, we call him that a lot around the building, feel an explosive first step constantly put him in advantageous situations. Like, he wins quickly. And like the rest of his game, his ability to take on and defeat blocks and his strength, something that he and Austin Clark, something that he and Coach Campanelli and eventually Ty McKenzie, I'm sure we'll talk about, have talked about the efforts he's made to just get bigger and stronger as a pro, and he has, and it shows on tape because players like him and Phillips off the edge, not only do they play both aspects of pass and run very well, their flexibility and multiplicity increase Miami's ability to be multiple tenfold and Melvin Ingram a big part of that as well as he can play multiple roles in that linebacker room number 45 Duke Riley speaking of multiple roles a core piece of the Dolphins special teams unit he made his biggest play in 2021 with a blocked punt turned Dolphins touchdown but he made the most of his rare defensive opportunities because he provided seven QB pressures on 35 pass rush reps one out of every five that's that number gets inflated in sub package roles a little bit more but it's still a great number nine run stops 
on 74 rundown snaps, and he allowed a completion percentage of just 54.5%. So everywhere you slice it, he had a good first year with the Miami Dolphins. And by the way, he was exceptional in OTAs. He made so many plays around the line, was coming off the pile, or I should say the kind of stack him up because you're not going to the ground in OTAs. He would come off of that uh, chirping a lot. So he he felt he made a lot of plays. I felt he did as well. Number 49, Sam Egwavon. Man, these two guys are, are really not identical. I wouldn't say that about any player, but they play a lot alike and they both have a lot of fire. Uh, Egwavon and Duke Riley. And he came south from the Great White North back in 2019 and had that exceptional training camp in 2019. And he's quietly enjoyed a very nice career in the NFL. That first season as a full-time linebacker, he was fourth among PFF's off-ball linebacker distinction with 23 QB pressures. He did that on 234 pass rush reps, but since then, he's recorded 18 quarterback pressures on 125 pass rush reps, giving him a pressure every 7.98 snaps of his career. He's very fast, very quick, and he knows how to get around those blocks as a blitzer. He's another key piece of the Dolphins' special teams with occasional sub-package snap where he can use his speed to hunt quarterbacks or fall back into coverage. It's a nice piece for this Dolphins' defense. Number 50, Calvin Munson, a lunch-pail-style player who packs a punch. Munson typically finds the football on running downs. His his running downs outweigh his pass coverage reps in his career by quite a lot. He played just nine snaps last season, but two of those resulted in Munson tackles within two yards of the line of scrimmage, run stops. He's recorded 24 of those run stops on 281 reps against the run, dating back to his 27 debut with the New York Giants. He's also played 344 special team snaps for Miami since 2020. Number 51, rookie Channing Tindall. Few, if any linebackers in this class had more, I just wrote down quotes, so I'm going to do the finger air quotes for you guys. Jump out of your chair, tape, than Channing Tindall. A national champion in 2021, Tyndall enters the league with the 96, or I should say among the 96 percentile in NFL scouting combines by all linebackers dating back to 1987, my birth year again, in the 40-yard 40, uh, 40 dash, the vertical jump, the broad jump, and his hand size. And all of those traits are evident when you plug on the tape. He flies all over the field with rare speed that can erase false steps if he takes one and lead to explosive collisions when he doesn't. He's a threat to rush off the edge, mug up in the A-gap and threaten the pass game that way, or bluffing and backing out and falling into the hook zone, the curl zone, all the way out to the flats. Go back and watch his Michigan tape. He shows you like every trait you want a, a you know off-ball stack middle linebacker to play with and also condenses inside and comes off like he does everything. And he also can do that with really rare chase and, and pursuit speed to the outside in the running game as well. And then you talk about his grip strength. And why is that important? Because you control your man with your hands and the, the way he can do that, get off blocks and arrive with force just makes him adept at deconstructing blocks. Like he has multiple chances to get off the block because if he hits you and, and strikes you, your, your hands aren't going to stay attached. And then after they do get attached, he can use his own hands to detach because he is so strong with those very, very big hands. He was among the leaderboard among all college linebackers last year in a variety of advanced stats. He finished second in college football with just 72 yards allowed in coverage, 20th with 22 QB pressures, and 10th in pass rush win rate at 23.3%. And he also had the 25th lowest missed tackle rate at 7.2%. So coverage, rush, uh, pass rush, pass rush win rate, and doesn't miss a lot of tackles. Some good stuff there for Chang Tindall. Number 52, a Landon Roberts from a rookie to one of the most experienced leaders on this defense. We talked about 
his statistics and penchant for finding the football around the line of scrimmage at the group at a glance section. But I cannot urge you enough to check out his episode of The Fish Tank because Seth and OJ, as they are wont to do, had a great conversation with him. And my big takeaway from that interview was just how intangible his leadership and presence are on this defense and on this team. And also that he loves coffee more than anybody I think I've ever met. But the definition of a thumper is that Roberts is the author of the biggest collisions year after year with this Dolphins defense. Last year, he played the second highest snap total of his career, 620 on defense, and produced to the same effect. Second best pressure total, 10 of his career. Run stops, 28 was also second best. And completion percentage, also second best at 72.7. He also picked off Derek Carr and returned it 85 yards for the first defensive touchdown of his career. Remember, he caught a touchdown against us back in 2019 off of Tom Bra- uh, off the hand of Tom Brady. Number 53, back to a rookie here, Cameron Good. And his tape is full of playing the run on the way to the quarterback. He's not going to cheat and, and jump a gap or try to you know make a play outside the system. He knows how to stay within himself and make plays that way. But he also plays the game very physically. Like I talk about, you talk about playing the run on the way to the quarterback. That means just staying true to your man and like playing through him rather than around him. A fun stat for him is that he was fourth in quarterback pressures in the Pac-12 since he got there, and all other of the three guys were draft picks that were higher than Cameron Good, including this year's number five overall pick in Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. Number 55, Jerome Baker, the straw that stirs the drink in the middle of that Miami defense. And even though the stats... They really do jump off the page for Jerome Baker. It's difficult to truly quantify and appreciate, like we talk about the Channing Crowder episode of the Drive Time Podcast, all that he does in the middle of this Dolphins defense. He is as reliable as any player in football. He wears as many hats as any linebacker in the game, and his speed and reaction speed allows the Dolphins defense to really get, I think, as creative as it is. His 50 quarterback pressures the last two seasons combined are second in the NFL among PFF's off-ball linebacker distinction, only to Tampa Bay's Devin White, who was taken with the fifth pick in the draft a few years back. Baker's ability to explode through the line with a quick first step, take exceptional angles of the quarterback, and just cut that thing down. Two seconds, you better have that football out because 5-5 is going to be in your face. But then also retrace his steps because a lot of guys can fly by the quarterback and, you know, the Josh Allens of the world, the Patrick Mahomes, the Russell Wilsons, you na- Lamar Jackson, you name it, can spin out of that and then all of a sudden you're down a man. But the way Baker retraces his tracks, like speaking of Mahomes, go back to his sack on Patrick Mahomes that cost the Chiefs 30 yards on that loss. It just speeds up everything the offense wants to do because of his ability to make him do that. There was a play in the finale where he got on his horse down the pipe and interrupted a passing lane 20 yards downfield on a dig route to Nikhil Harry right after he got the quarterback to the ground on a pressure. Like That kind of range and versatility at that position is so incredibly rare, and he's a terrific leader. He's tough. He contributes on special teams, does whatever they ask him to do, and he turns 26 this year on Christmas. He's a marvel. I love Jerome Baker. Let's go ahead and take our last break here and come back on the other side and get to the rest of this Dolphins linebacker room, plus a hobby I'm really into right now that I think will last me for a lifetime. We'll see. That's next on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Back here on the Drive Time Podcast, the linebacker preview edition. I'm your host, Travis Wingfield, still out in central Washington, coming back to South Florida on the 19th of July, I believe it is. I'm a little bit homesick. I want to come home and and get back to to where I live, to South Florida. Sunny South Florida, can't beat it. Picking it up here at the rest of the linebacker room, number 56, UDFA DeAndre Johnson out of Miami. Had a breakout year last year after transferring from Tennessee and he did it at Hard Rock Stadium. 25 pressures and 18 run stops his last year at the U. Number 57, Brennan Scarlett. With his 2021 season cut short, and he came back, but he missed a, a few games in the middle of the season, he was off to one of the better starts of his career. A big, physical edge presence in the running game and a fixture on every special teams unit during his entire six-year pro career. He pairs excellent hands with vision and decision-making to get outside for contain, then the ability to get off blocks and make a play inside or out. The 60 career run stops on 748 rundown reps are evident by his ability, or of his ability, I should say. PFF graded his first season as a Dolphin at 76.9. That was the second best of his career, 89.9 back in a injury-shortened 2018 season with the Houston Texans. Another guy that came back, we talked about uh, Riley, Egwavon, Roberts, Brandon Scarlett, Dolphins really made an emphasis to bring this room, this room back together, and they produced last year. Why wouldn't you? Number 96, Porter Gustin, a new addition here. He was an absolute menace at USC. Uh, actually had a game where he was the difference between my Washington State Cougars winning the Pac-12 North and not, so I'll never forget him for that. But he entered the league, an undrafted free agent to the Saints, but would go on to play 749 defensive snaps and another 233 on special teams for the Browns over the last three seasons. 25 pressures on 420 career pass rush reps via PFF. He played under Austin Clark, our uh, D-line coach at USC, which checks out considering Clark is a high-energy, absolutely in-your-face type of coach, and Gustin's motor has never stopped running since his college days. He is an impressive. And there's a, a crazy story about the way he approaches football and, and going back to his college days with nutrition and workout. Go check it out. Just type in Porter Gustin like nutrition or, or workout, and you'll find it. Finally, aging like a fine wine. We don't have a number here yet, but Melvin Ingram this guy continues to produce at a highly efficient level for a, a decade. It's insane. His game is one of suddenness, physicality, and agility that requires the opponent to prepare for really anything. Much like a lot of his new linebacker teammates, he can line up in any position, in any front, without sacrificing any area of his game, rush or run game. His 51 QB pressures in 2021 would have been second on the team behind Emmanuel Ogba's 61, and the volume of Ingram's resume is so impressive, but the consistency is jaw-dropping. I'm just going to read these career pressure rates for you guys uh, over his decade. Last year, 11.1%. That was just a shade below Ogbaz, by the way. 2020, 11.9%. 2019, 12.5%. 2018, 11.2%. 2017, 14.5%. 2016, 15%. 12.9, 11.7, 10.7, 11.7. It's... It's outrageous. He's been so good for so long. His run stop rate 
is in similar territory. From a volume standpoint, he was top 25 in the league from 2015 through 2019 and never had fewer than 32 run stops every year, giving him the sixth most run stops, 233, among PFF's edge defenders since 2014. And he can play stack. He can come down and mug up A-gaps. He can play wherever you want him to. From an efficiency standpoint, consistency is the way again. 9.5% run stop rate last year. A dip in 2020 at 5%, but 2019, 12.7%, 9.9, 9.4, 9.1. It goes on 8, 8.5, 8.1, 5.7, 11.1%. So all but two years, he's been exceptional in terms of the run stop efficiency rate. To complete his toolbox, he has a career passer rating against of 82.4, so it's it's pretty good. In my five things piece, there are three clips that showcase the nuance to Ingram's game, both as a rusher and run defender. Even with a new team midseason and a new scheme, he flashed the ability to transition mid-play from penetrating run defender to ferocious quarterback hunter against play action. There's a clip on there where his patented spin move is on display. He pairs that quickness with sheer strength, heavy hands, and a devastating long arm move to put opposing tackles in peril. That ability to kind of shock pass protectors in a variety of situations makes Ingram a really good fit for most game packages, stunts, twists, and slants. And the beauty of his signing is that the multitude of roles he could conceivably occupy just almost gives you like a utility effect in that if someone goes down, all right, we'll plug it in this way. And last season, Van Ginkle played 801 snaps, Ogba 755, Phillips 603, and Ingram played 731, showing that he could be a valuable sub package rusher, true three down player, whatever you need, he's going to help you stay fresh and get you production with this Dolphins linebacker group. Also, his teammates across the board from the Chargers to the Chiefs days will tell you how great of a, a locker room guy and locker room presence he is with Melvin Ingram. So there are your Dolphins linebackers, your entire room. We have the secondary and specialists still to get to. We'll do that. I think corners are later this week, safeties and specialists next week. And on that specialist podcast will be our AFC East preview. And then it's training camp. So I hope you all are enjoying your summer. I certainly am. I picked up a new hobby. I don't think I'm making much of a secret about it, but golf is like my new jam pretty decent natural swing. I'm trying to figure out a way to get that thing dialed. I played my first round in a year at my buddy's wedding back on Memorial Day weekend. I didn't even finish. I played really poorly, but it was a bachelor party type of golf situation. So didn't expect to play well, but I never had shot under a hundred. And then I went to the range a couple of times and played two more rounds since I got back to Washington state from the tips at a pretty nice course shot a 93 and then went to a tougher course and from the whites the tip the, I was told playing tips is stupid but my friend was really good wanted to play there I wasn't going to make him drive up further for a different tee spot so wound up playing the whites at a different course and shot a 98 so two times under 100 feeling pretty good about that feeling pretty good about the new Coheed and Cambria album for you prog rock fans out there I think it's one of their best ones they've ever done 22 years into making music it's pretty crazy how bands can have that kind of longevity. All right, that's enough of my time here on this edition of the Drive Time Podcast. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and OJ. We are going to be back, I think, the week before training camp to get the Twitter Spaces show rocking and rolling again on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock, so don't forget to check that out. Also, the YouTube channel for all of our media availabilities, drive time interviews, uh, fish tank interviews, and Dolphins Today. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline, Daddy's coming home.